This week on the 10-8 Podcast, Foodcast 2.0, back for seconds with Kevin Pagenkopf. I want to sweat. I want to cry. I want to regret it. Like, I could be some five-star restaurant, Michelin star, order wings. The best things in life involve some kind of ritual. You're putting the work in. Like, you're using wood. Come on, we're eating off paper plates. It's still going to be good. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Does that make me an influencer now? But I wouldn't stress over it and, and make it a chore. It's like, look, I got to do this thing to keep my body going, and I take no enjoyment in it. How's the business even still going? Well, I mean, but before I met you, I had no idea what Taylor Ham was. I think you can get that at a gas station now. It's all carbs. It's all good. That's what it's for. The views and opinions expressed on the 108 Podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. The 108 Podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Attention, attention, can I have all your eyes and ears to the front of the room, if only for one moment. Welcome to episode 321 of the 108 Podcast. That's right, we have made it to the second half of the third season of the show. I haven't really talked about this all that much, but yes, this season is only going to have 40 episodes as opposed to last year where we had about uh, 47 and the year before we had 42. It just gives me a little bit more structure and it gives me a little bit of more time in the quote unquote off season to prepare for season four. And also now that I'm in school and I'll be taking a school break, well, sort of, I'm still going to have classes over the summer, but less, it gives me more time to kind of focus that and really recharge the batteries and then keep going. That all being said, I want to go ahead and recap the first half of the season with you just to go through all the first 20 episodes that we had. So in case you missed one, you know what you're missing and can go back and find it. So we started off this season with social media veteran in the cop world, Mr. Aram Cho. Uh, We discussed his life and his experience through pain and building back and helping others while doing so. He has a very harrowing story and his genuine goodness made for an amazing episode. Uh, Next, we interviewed a teacher of mine, Mr. George Rago. We talked about the discipline that comes from a life in martial arts and what that means to being a better person. Also, we talked about the importance of having a mentor. Episode 3 was a vote for yourself with Heaven Duval Cox. We talked about the importance of prioritizing your physical fitness as an investment into your future. Episode 4, speaking of investing, was a financial health and wellness check with my friend Paul, who is an RCMP way up in Nunavut. Still amazing. He just posted today that he got snow and it just, no, too much for me. But anyway, we talked about Canada and we also talked about habits and changing uh, the life that you have to increase your financial wellness and, uh, you know, financial topics is something that we talk about way less. And when we talk about stigma and wellness, I feel like that's something we need to talk about a little louder because I just made two days in a row back to back about financial spending habits. I made posts on Instagram and it is a, a topic that people really resonate with. So we may have to talk more about that topic and find more financially sound people to share that information as well. Episode five, we had a TikTok star on, and it wasn't one that dances and does weird things. No, his name is Jesse Crossan. He's the second chancer. Uh, He shared his story about how he spent almost two decades in prison and how he's using his pardon to affect positive change in other people. It's a great story for sure, and we're going to have to have him back on uh, in the future. Episode six was a highly anticipated episode, The Clam Slam with my good friend Laura and Kat, aka Pew Pew Goddess, where we talked about females in law enforcement, the good, the bad, and the officer autumns. Episode seven, we had my friend Dina Kale on, and we talked about burning out and other general topics about mental wellness. It was a great episode for sure. 
Episode 8, another highly anticipated one, a controversial one at that. Having these guests on pissed off some people, got some people in my DMs that were pissed that I had them on, but I still stand by that I did have them on, and I still stand by talking to them regularly. We had Kyle and Nick from the Heroed Out podcast. We did discussed a myriad of topics ranging from negative coping mechanisms, organizational betrayal, and our own experiences with trauma. Episode 9 was my good friend Jenna Romano and my new friends Amy and Bo. It was the first installment of my Hard to Love series where I point out the issues in cop relationships. This one was about uh, married people. It's a very good one. We're going to be having a future Hard to Love episode very soon actually, so stay tuned for that. Episode 10, one of my biggest inspirations, one of the guys on social media that I look up to the most, Aaron Lohman, the huge fat loser, stopped by and shared some perspective about being your own worst enemy and standing in your own way, and also how to combat all of that and pushing to new growth. Episode 11, we had Adam from Police Post and Effective Fitness Training. Essentially, it was part two of our conversation from last spring. We talked about complete yet simple lifestyle changes that are needed to become a, quote, high performer. Definitely want to check that one out. Episode 12 is so far my highest played episode of season three, the fun and salacious talking sex with Destiny Moores. We talked about relationship issues as well as that sticky, icky sex stuff in a tasteful and intelligent way. Seriously, guys, stop DMing her. It's really weird. Episode lucky number 13 was Drunk Cops. It was the New Year's Eve episode. We had a party with a whole bunch of great people. Three and a half hours of drunken nonsense with a bunch of my friends. Go have a laugh. Such a great experience. And we're going to be doing Drunk Cops again uh, to wrap up the season as well. Episode 14 was another fitness nutrition episode with Ted from Fit Responders. And we talk about the importance of breaking out of your comfort zone in doing so. Episode 15, I had retired NFL player Isaac Asiata, and we shared his story about his come up to the NFL and how he is now a police officer and the path he took through mental wellness to get there. It's an amazing perspective that I learned a lot from. Episode 16 featured the real Jumpman J, Jason Lacayo. We learned about his 18-year career in law enforcement and how he's managed to get through. Another great look into perspective. Episode 17, we had the stoic cop himself, Bill Morrow, on, and he talked about this endeavor he's taken on a Murph a day for 365 days. By the way, as of my recording this right now, he is still going strong. Amazing. Gotta be inspired. Go make yourself uncomfortable shortly after listening to this episode. Finish this episode first. Episode 18 featured former Louisville Police Sergeant John Mattingly. He shared his story about how he was impacted and remained resilient through his connection with the Brianna Taylor incident. Definitely amazing. Again, that's like probably the worst example or the worst experience you would want to have as a law enforcement officer. Um, I think I made the comment while I was putting that episode together that like, you know, you always want some of your favorite celebrities to say your name, but you never want to be in this context. Um, crazy perspective. Definitely want to check that one out. Episode 19, I had 30-year law enforcement officer, writer, podcaster, veteran, and a guy from my old hometown, Dr. Jason Piccolo, where we look at a lot of things from the macro, from the outside looking in, as opposed to the micro, which is up close and personal. And finally, last week, we had Mr. Dexter Pitts. We talk about Dexter's story and his own struggles and how he continues to carry on to this day and to be a force, a driving force for good. 
We've also had some other shows in the mix of those 20 episodes. We've had Punk Rock Cops. They've had a bunch of episodes. The Jersey Boys with me and Frank Castle. That's been a couple. And also the short-lived Supplemental Report. It's been an amazing season so far. And first and foremost, I wouldn't be able to do this without your continued support. It's been amazing to see this continued influx of new listeners and people actually giving a shit about what we're doing here. You know, I was very nervous about shifting the focus of the show to Officer Wellness, but so far you have all been very supportive and very receptive, and I, I truly appreciate it. Without without you, there is no me, and because uh, I'm not going to sit here and just talk to myself. So I really appreciate every last one of you guys. Sometimes I get frustrated because analytics on social media are just nonsense, and it's not a true recount of actual support and that's where I get frustrated but trust me I appreciate every single last one of you so thank you as well um we have more coming down the line you're gonna love what I have coming up I'm I'm gonna be honest the guests we have going all the way into season four now are blowing me away I can't even believe some of the names that have um been linked to this show now and I keep leaking them out one at a time and you know it, it's it's been great and i can't wait to continue to do that so just stay tuned i got big things coming um but now i also have to thank my sponsors for all their support this season so let's go ahead and thank them listen it's no surprise to anyone that law enforcement agencies suck at getting the word out to their citizens they serve whether it's debriefing a critical incident or educating the public about various aspects of law enforcement, it takes a special skill set that too many in law enforcement don't have. In this ever-changing world of social media, do you, your agency, and your community a favor and check out TOC Public Relations, a company ran by former law enforcement to help you get your message out in an appropriate and professional way. Check them out on social media as well as TOCPublicRelations.com. Let me tell you something you already know. Living a life in public service is a life of sacrifice. But you cannot serve the community or back your partner up if you're not physically able to do so. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, more than 40% of law enforcement officers are obese. Other studies have found that police officers are 25% more likely to die from weight-related disorders like cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and even some cancers. Why continue to be a liability to your partners, your loved ones, your community, and yourself? Contact the folks at fit.responders and get your fight back. This episode is also brought to you by my new friends over at RTI Training, giving the type of training that incorporates humor and knowledge that cops respond to. Listen, we all know that you will never retain anything thanks to death by PowerPoint. So do yourself a favor and check out the new kids on the block when it comes to police training. They are revelationstraining.com. And guys, I also want to tell you about our sponsor, Jiu-Jitsu 5.0. They just came out with the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app. It is the ultimate training tool for all law enforcement. Members of the app get on-demand access to a huge library of techniques for the streets, grappling-based workouts, yoga, and a monthly nutrition plan. They also have 24-hour, 7-day-a-week access to Jason, the founder of Jiu-Jitsu 5.0, for personalized training assistance. So, go to the app store of your choosing and download the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app today. It's available for Android as well as Apple, so get on it now. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Thin Vine Wines. Thin Vine Wines is a mission-driven wine company that proudly backs first responders and the military. With a background in law enforcement, their support for police, dispatch, fire, and the military is unwavering. 
Thin Vine Wines donates $2 from every bottle sold to law enforcement and military-driven nonprofits. Making awesome wine is the vehicle. Making wine with a purpose is the mission. Check out their social medias at Thin Vine Wines on Instagram and Facebook and order online at thinvine.wine using the code 10-8-T-E-N, the number 8, for $10 off two or more bottles of wine. Oh, and one last thing, guys. This week we have a brand new sponsor that I want to tell you about, especially those of you doing the jiu-jitsu thing. We have fuzz tape. What is fuzz tape? Well, it's jiu-jitsu tape for those people that don't take themselves so seriously. It's designed by cops who train, but it's made for everybody. It is finger tape. It protects your fingers from getting injured. It comes in rolls of four and in four different sizes. Also, they have clothing. They have lifestyle products available as well, and they're also accepting sponsorships. So go check them out. They're on Instagram at fuzz tape. And if you want to buy some of their stuff, you can use the discount code 10-8-FUZZ, T-E-N, the number 8, F-U-Z-Z, T-E-N, the number 8, F-U-Z-Z. And again, they are on Instagram. They are fuzz tape. Check them out. Please, please, please go check out each, every one of my sponsors. They're all either law enforcement or former law enforcement, and they're owned and operated by such. Uh, They're all on Instagram. Send them some love, even if it's just a follow and a share. But really, if you can use their services, if you can buy some of their products, go check them out. Support them. Support your small businesses. Uh, They would really appreciate it, and I would really appreciate it as it shows that you know we're helping each other, people helping people. Now, finally, on to today's episode. As you may have noticed from the season recap, this season we focused on a lot more serious topics than we usually do. Not to say that we haven't had fun along the way, but definitely focused on getting the good word out of serious topics regarding physical, mental, uh, financial wellness, as well as personal growth and beyond. That said, today is my birthday. Yay, cheers, whatever. The big old 33. So, I decided to change it up a little bit. So, uh, we're going to have a lighter hearted episode and we're going to be revisiting my friend Kevin Pagancop. You know, we've had a lot of folks on here that have written books, but Kevin remains the only one to have written a cookbook. Uh, he was on last year around March time and we had a great time and we've been keeping in touch ever since and decided to have him back on for my birthday to kind of spice it up a little bit as a cooking pun. I got to tell you, his recipes in the book are fire and his takes are just as hot. Again, see what I did there? Cooking pun. Uh, This was a great time just sitting and chatting about all different food topics with Kevin. And I think you'll enjoy it. Um, As as you guys may have known from previous episodes, food's kind of a thing for me. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. So listen all the way through and you'll get some insight on something coming new down the pipe from 108 Entertainment and, uh, and I think you'll enjoy it. Until then, I mean, it's just a great conversation regardless. So just sit back and enjoy the lighthearted Foodcast 2.0 here on the 108 Podcast. <laughs> All right, here it is, the special Foodcast 2.0. I'm so excited, so excited to do this again, it, just for the sake of saying it. But uh, here we are again, me and Kevin. We are going to talk food for the next little bit. Kevin, how you doing? Oh, I'm glad to be back. This is going to be twice as nice. Oh, there you go. Back for seconds, right? That's that's the little uh, phrase I coined over it. That's good. I like that. So the yeah. first uh, first course was just an appetizer, and now we're going to get into the meat. That's it. This is this is the main course right here. 
All right, I'll buckle up. Bring it on. <laughs> so uh, before we we dive into that, how have you been? I know you've uh, you've been continuing to cook. Yeah, I think uh, since I talked to you last, I've been uh, working on this awesome handlebar mustache. So that's yeah, I, yes, I wanted to. That's a couple months in the work. Book has really taken off, so that's been exciting. Uh, last year uh, was a finalist for the American Book Fest uh, 2022 Best Book Award. Oh wow, that's awesome! Thanks. Congratulations on that. I've made quite a few things off of the book. Tonight, after we conclude our conversation, I am dipping into the bonus content. I am doing the browned butter cookie recipe Oh, for the first time. So I'm super excited for it. I, I got to clean up my kitchen first because that's got remnants from last weekend still. But we're going to we're gonna have some fun tonight. It's just me, too. So I'm, I'm going to summon all my crackhead energy I've had from working the streets for so long and, and we're gonna clean the kitchen and then we're gonna make it messy again. That's good. That's like a, a bonus track on a CD. That one's not in the book. So exactly. you're, you're going into the vault for secret recipes. And I'm thinking, so we're talking about secrets here. I'm thinking so this is the first time I've said it on my podcast. I let it slip on, on a podcast I was on a few weeks ago. I'm gonna be making my own food content here very soon. And I think I'm gonna document me making your recipe for the food content. So when that rolls out, we can see how it comes out together. I love that. Yeah, food, food's food got no downside because whatever you're left over with, you're eating. Exactly, exactly. Um, speaking of that, so last weekend I made for the first time Nashville hot chicken sandwiches and came out amazing. Night of was great. And I, I did um, – made the made the batter myself. I used store-bought seasoning, but that – I mean it was perfect. And then um, even made my own pickle to go with it. Came out great, my own sauce. Um, still still got leftovers. Had it today, but now we're nearing the, the week mark, so it's all starting to slip a little bit. But still, you know, still good. That's impressive. Yeah, if we were going to rank like wing sauces or ranked what I would put on fried chicken, mm-hmm. uh, I think Nashville hot, top of the list. If not, number one. Okay, okay. Um, you know – so I don't know if have we talked about my experience with Nashville hot chicken previously? I don't think so. Okay, so let me. So I went to Nashville a few years ago, and before kind of hitting the strip and everything, we went to this distillery, and we said like, "Hey, where should we go to get Nashville hot chicken?" And the guy was like, "Listen, you could go to Hattie B's, and I think there's another name brand." But he's like, "But that's like the Walmart and the Toys R Us, like super commercialized. It's it's okay, but it's not real." I was like, oh, well, I want to go to the real place. So where do the locals go? So he told me this place is called Bolton's Hot Chicken in Nashville. Totally off the beaten path. And so you, we we went to the Grand Ole Opry, and on the way back, we stopped at Bolton's. And it was, when I think of Nashville Hot Chicken, I think of, like, the sandwich, the bun, all that. This wasn't it. This was, like, bone-in chicken. I think I got a leg and a thigh or something like that covered in their version of Nashville Hot Seasoning. No sauce, all just dry, dry rub. And, um... I ordered a medium, and the lady behind the counter, this is how you know it's a good place. The I saw this on a video just now. The more dangerous the neighborhood, the better the chicken. That that was what For they sure. said, right? So she was behind, like, this barred window and everything, and she's like, all right, you want the medium? That's fine, whatever. What are your sides? Good to go. My girlfriend, she ordered the same thing, and she goes, oh, no, honey, that's too hot for you. And I'm like, wait a second, she gets the disclaimer, and I'm just thrown to the wolves? But we both got medium like champs. It was still COVID, so we couldn't eat inside. So we sat on the picnic table outside. Still, it was cold. It was uh, February, I think. And uh, 
we eat this chicken. It was so hot. Let me tell you, my <laughs> my kids are going to burn from this chicken. That's how hot it was. Yeah, I mean, tra- traditional buffalo sauce is good, but mm-hmm. it's such a, a wide spectrum of what you're going to get. But I think Nashville hot, just those unique flavors. Yes. That's where it's at. And I do. I want to sweat. I want to cry. Then you will like this. When you go to Nashville, go go get some Boltons, and you will cry. The media—I I don't want to know what the next steps up were because that was brutal. What do you think of hot honey? Um, it's all right. I mean, probably not on like wings or chicken. Like maybe good biscuits. Mm. Get down with some hot honey. Yeah, there was a place where I used to live. Again, kind of a shady chicken joint, and um, they had the best hot honey. Actually, honestly, I don't even know what they call the sauce. I just describe it as hot honey because it was sweet, but it was very spicy too. But they had the best wings, and they were coated in this sauce, and it was sticky too. That's why I kind of got the honey vibe from it. But whatever it is, it's amazing. But um, I couldn't go in on duty in uniform, but I also couldn't go off duty in my normal clothes. So I I got to have it twice, and now it's it eludes me. But maybe maybe one of these days I'll go back. Yeah, everybody's got that like that benchmark food. Wherever you go, wherever you travel, that's how you measure things. I'm about wings. Like mm-hmm. I could be in Manhattan at some five star restaurant, Michelin star, I'll order wings. Yeah, yeah. That see for me, it's probably burgers. I think I'll, I'll go. I'll just replace by their bur- their burgers. So you 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 would go hands down. Nashville hot would be the sauce of your choosing if you had to pick. Yeah, Nashville hot's at the top. Anything else spicy, like traditional buffalo. Um, I like mango habanero, mm-hmm. but more of the habanero than the mango. And then, like, the bottom of the list, not big on, like, lemon pepper. Flavor's right. good, but just, I don't know. Like, if you had a rotisserie chicken, like citrus, lemon, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. But for wings, no, I want to regret it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at that level of masochism just yet. Uh, as far as spicy, I still like having a little bit of flavor with the hot. Um, I will say, how do you feel about Thai chili? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't handle it, but oh yeah, yeah. But like the kind of like the sweeter, spicier sauce. Do you like that? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not big on sweet in general, mm, but okay. with 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 heat, you need a little bit of that sweet to balance it out. Yeah, I agree. Totally not related, but kind of. Um, like I like I like spicy barbecue sauces, like barbecue sauces with a bit of heat to it, because it's the perfect balance I think of spicy and sweet, to where you're not overpowered by just straight sugar barbecue sauce, but to me it's not overpower power uh, spicy either. Yeah, and I mean I think this is why we're friends because you cook fearless and you have to be. Like so many people go to a restaurant, they're like, "Oh, that's really good. We have to go back to the restaurant." I'm like, why are you going back? Make it at home. Figure it out. Yep, yep. I we were making something, and I was like, "Oh, I could totally make this." And my girlfriend was like, "Why? We can just go to the store and buy it." I'm like, no, no, no. But I could make this. I could totally do that. Yeah, I've seen you. You've been rocking the smoker lately too. Yes, I got a smoker. That was one of the best impulse buys. I well, semi impulse <laughs> buys I've made. And I was looking at that smoker for a hot minute, and then I went ahead and it was on sale and I, I couldn't help myself and I bought it. So I've made so far, I made pulled pork on it. I've done, I made a couple chickens on it. I've done, what did I do? I did a, a, a chuck roast cause I, it was like a poor man's brisket. And then I had a smaller brisket that I did the, um, probably like a month or two ago now. Um, all of which have come out great. I don't know how my brisket would stack up against like, you know, a real smokehouse pitmaster brisket, but it was good. We enjoyed it a lot. 
Um, and I saw that you have a smoker also that you've been rocking. Uh, yeah, it, it's a commitment. Like you definitely need a, a day off to do it. Mm-hmm. And then not that I'm a pit master by any means, but I've started the, uh, I guess I'll call it the reverse smoke. So mm-hmm. instead of trying to get it on in the morning and having it for dinner, I'm throwing that smoke on before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then you're setting an alarm and you're checking it at three, you're checking it at five, and then you're waking up. I mean, it's ridiculous that you're putting that much time in and sacrificing your sleep. Mm-hmm. But when it turns out, oh, it's worth the effort. You know, the guy that got me into smoking, he was um, he's a retired sergeant now near me. And he made for... I think I want to say it was for his college's homecoming game. He was going to it and he did that. He got up, he set his pulled pork the night before and got up every more or every couple hours to check on it. So it would be ready for tailgating. And it looked amazing when he finally got done with it. And I was like, I got to try this. I even saw a video. This is crazy. One of those uh, Instagram chefs, he did burnt and bolognese sauce. So you think about, so he did the burnt ends to completion. So he did that, but I think he smoked the brisket first and made burnt ends from that. And then he made the, the, the spaghetti sauce to go with it. So that is literally a 24 hour affair. Cause when I'm making spaghetti sauce, it's going to take six hours minimum usually. So what, what's your take on smokers? Is it, does it have to be a traditional wood smoker? Is a pellet smoker still smoking? So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm in the upper echelon of smoke masters just yet, but my mine's traditional. Mine's mine's gravity fed, but it's still Very kind nice. of traditional on that. But I would say it works. I mean, you're still smoke. You still got the smoke coming out of it. Whatever's producing it is still it still works, right? And the the pellets are still wood based, right? So yeah, people people bring the hate on that, and you know I'm I'm lucky. I've got both, mm. and so it depends on my commitment. If I really want like good smoke flavor you're putting the work in like you're using wood, but I'm not going to knock a pellet smoker, especially for what we do. We work in long hours. And when I come home, like I just want some smoked wings and I don't want to sit and commit to six hours. Like, right. <laughs> set right. It, I've walked away. I've even used my smoker just as a normal grill. Like I crank the temperature super high up and I'll, I'll, you know, throw some steaks on there. I've done burgers. I've done, um, even we, it has a griddle attachment. So I did breakfast one morning. I did, you know, all the meats and eggs and, and hash browns and stuff like that. So I, I like it for both. I can really, I really enjoy. So the first time I did the pulled pork, I thought I timed everything out right. And I didn't, and we didn't eat till midnight and I worked the next morning. So that didn't work out. So now my smoke day is always Saturday. So that way, just in case there's an overlap, I'm good. But that being said, I enjoy that Saturday of waking up early getting my supplies out, setting up the smoker and then then it can take its time. Then, you know, I even, I almost had a hair up my butt today to put something on it. I was like, no, it's too late. And I don't think my crackhead energy and focus is going to go that far. But, uh, so I like the mix though. I do like the ability to do a quick cook. And then I also like the long, the long winded smokes. Well, I like what you said. Cause I think the best things in life involve some kind of ritual. Like I don't, I don't golf. But I feel like guys that play golf, they're just focused on like every part of that swing and stance and focus. That's that's a weekend. Mm-hmm. Like work in the smoker and look at all the different variables and just that ritual. I don't know. People call that like work. Maybe people that don't like cooking find that frustrating, but that's that's how we relax. 
I, I agree completely. It's it's part of the process, too. You know, that's kind of something that I've been working on a lot. Personally, just generally speaking, is the process versus just instant gratification. Like, yeah, I can throw something in the oven and it'll be done in less than an hour, um, which has its point in place, don't get me wrong. But the satisfaction of taking something off the smoker that's been there for six plus hours and then digging into it really makes you appreciate it, you know, and people... I think a lot of times don't appreciate their food because it's so easily to come by. Even even the Nashville hot chicken I did, I marinated that overnight. And then the the process of frying it up and everything took, it was a process. And I think just when you're done and you sit down and you get to finally enjoy it, hopefully you enjoy it, you don't screw it up. That makes it that much more worth it. And, th- and then that makes me want to do it again. Yeah. And we talked about that last time that I'm not going to do like a six hour Sunday gravy Every time I've got pasta, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to buy the jar. I'm going to open the jar. I'm going to heat it up. I'm going to feel guilty as hell. It's still going to be good. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Right. And if I really want to spice it up just a little bit, I might throw a few seasonings in that jar jar sauce. But let's be let's be honest. Some days you don't. Some days you just throw the jar in for what it is and you got to eat. That's why I'm not big on like Food Network and all those shows you see on TV because it just makes it look like You've got to have super expensive ingredients. You got to do hours of prep time. Right. It's just a chore. There's only one way to do stuff, and it's all just bullshit. Just do you throw it together. If it tastes good, that's a win. Right. Right. I. You know. I'm glad you brought up Food Network and food cooking shows because that's one of the notes I wrote. Is uh, those competition shows like they're all over Netflix. They're super popular in my house, and I don't. I don't get like. Is it good? That's that's what I'm always like. Like, could you eat? First off, could you make this quickly? And like, is it edible and is it enjoyable? But some of these judges and chefs and everything, it's like, oh, you know, but your presentation's off and blah blah blah. I'm like, is it good? Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, oh, your plating's off because you put too much on this side of the plate. Come on, lady. Like, and then. Uh, we were watching this one thing, one baking show, and the lady was like, there's a little too much tart, and I want it more sweet. Like, screw your tart, sweet lady. Like, I'm sure it tastes amazing. Yeah, it's like food content on social media. Everybody's got the dining like dining room table set and candelabra and china, perfect lighting. Come on, we're eating off paper plates. Mm-hmm. Right, right. As You're absolutely right. And some of the people, there's a one guy that, like, a lot of the food reviews I watch, they're eating in their car. They're getting like restaurants and they're eating in their car. Some people I just don't buy. Like this guy out in California, he's like, this is my first time ever having red Robin. Really? Really? You're 30 something <laughs> years old. You're just now trying red Robin for the first. Come on. Come on. Don't, I'm not buying that at all. That's like me going to like McDonald's. I mean, like I've never had this before. What is this? Yeah. And, and this question's based really on stuff I see on social media, but the definition of the word foodie, so everybody's like, I'm a foodie. There's foodie content. They're tagging, I don't know, foodie picture in their their content. Does that mean someone that cooks, like enjoys the art of cooking, enjoys the whole culinary process? Or is it just someone where I put food in my mouth and chew it? Because I see this stuff where they're like, oh, these are the best quesadillas I ever had. Taco Bell. <laughs> like, all right. right. I mean, I'm not going to. Hey, preference is preference. Is that good? But. Does that qualify as foodie? And then they're giving you a recommendation on go here for the best steak. I'm like, you have no credibility. Right. right. Don't, say, don't say Taco Bell. Right. This guy. Yeah. The same guy I'm talking about his, his uh, 
pinnacle of burger is In-N-Out. Now, I've never had In-N-Out. Maybe it is great, but I doubt it compares to, like, mom and pop greaseball shop that, you know, probably going to get a heart attack just from walking in the door. And again, you have no credibility with anything else you you say. So for my for me, my definition of a foodie, when I when someone says foodie, the first thing that comes to my mind is like the super pompous, highly takes himself too seriously person that, you know, kind of like the lady that I was describing. Oh, this is too tart, needs to be sweet or whatever. Um that's my idea of a foodie, someone that takes it too seriously. Meanwhile, you got someone like you and I who enjoy cooking, we enjoy food as means of sustenance but also it's a relaxing kind of thing so i don't i wouldn't consider us foodies i don't know what you would consider us but for me foodie is way more pretentious than what it is we yeah you you took it to the other side of the spectrum there so that that's interesting is anybody can say they're a foodie because they eat you're taking it to that sort of i don't know over the top uh super pretentious pinky out so maybe it's just an overused term. Maybe we just need to retire that. Maybe that's what's tripping everybody up. Everyone's afraid to cook. That's almost like the term influencer, right? Like anybody who talks to their camera or talks on the internet now considers themselves an influencer. And I'm like, okay, but what do you actually influence? Like, I'm not going to buy your butt cream just because you said something about it one time. I'm not doing, that's not influencing me. You're a salesman at that point to me, right? Influence is, is changing behavior to another desired behavior so when people message me and go oh man i've never had um taylor ham before we'll use that one i was like oh so you're saying i influenced you does that make me an influencer now like do i consider myself an influencer no but i you know like by my definition i guess so but i just don't subscribe to some of those definitions that some people do but again maybe i'm totally on on the wrong page here maybe no, maybe it's, it's the other it's, way around. Maybe maybe instead of it being pointed, right? Like you're saying, like maybe it's more generalized. Like, no, you're not a foodie. No, you're not an influencer because everyone has that opportunity to do it. So maybe you don't even deserve a title. But that, that whole influencer is tied to, to celebrity. So if one of those judges you see on the Food Network, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they got six shows, they've written 12 books, and they tell you, I don't know, you've got to put creamed corn in your chili. Mm-hmm. I don't like cream corn, so I don't want to do that. It doesn't right. mean it's bad, but I'm not going to be influenced by that simply because you're a celebrity. I think it's it's who you know. Uh, again, for, for what we do, if I've got, um, I don't know, some firefighter that says, look, we eat this every week in the station. Here's the recipe. I'm all over it because mm-hmm. absolutely, it's legit. It's homemade. I know they got to eat. Same thing. I know you were looking at that for a while, like the whole Code 7 list. Out and about in your beat, where do you eat? That's okay. a better recommendation to me than just some celebrity. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's kind of one of the things that when I start making food content, that's what I'm looking for is for people that, you know, we're, we're, we're safe, affordable, and good. That's kind of where I want to go. That's Because if I visit your city, like today, like I said, I was an hour and a half away in training. And everyone's like, well, where do you, where, where do you want to go to eat? And like, I feel like that could be for any training everywhere. You need to know where it's good to eat. And no one really answered the question. So I just went to to Jimmy John's or whatever. Like I just got a sandwich and that called it a day. But it'd be great to know like, oh no, because I passed so many places that said burgers and tacos. and But I didn't know if they were any good. I didn't know if it was worth it. And I definitely don't want to waste time or money. So I just went to, you know, the, the given fast food favorites, you know, so to speak. So 
I agree completely. And I, you know, I watch all these guys that travel and they spend one guy just spent a hundred dollars on a breakfast sandwich. And I'm like, no, I'm not do like that's no. Why would, and his, and it looked disgusting by the way. He said it was amazing. I, it looked disgusting. And I like breakfast sandwiches. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The, the other one is food prep. Everyone talks about, you know, if you're working a traditional work week, so Monday through Friday, then Sunday's food prep and it just becomes a drag. You got to do all your shopping, all your prepping, cutting, get everything in the individual Tupperware containers for the week. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of food prep. I'm a big fan of leftovers. Mm-hmm. So I think weekend just go big and whatever you've got left over, that's your lunch during the week. But I wouldn't stress over it and, and make it a chore. And then you just, it's not fun anymore. Right. Exactly. And I feel the same way when I'm, when I meal prep, I, I, don't enjoy it. It's a chore. And I, I actually have moved away from it just because to do to do that, you know, the cooking, cleaning, everything that goes along with it, it just drives me nuts. And I it, it made me not enjoy cooking for a while because it was way more of a of a uh, necessi- necessity, I guess is the best word. Whereas when I do cook, I like it to be like a big dish and be a full experience. So that, I mean, I agree completely. And it's worked out that way because now... I'm only home every other weekend. So when we are home, then then I cook, then I, you know, I I use that as part of my relaxation as my my break from the weeks. And I just kind of make whatever my whatever my heart, my spiritual ancestors, whatever they're all telling me to do. And that's how the <laughs> the chicken sandwich came too because one day I was like, "Man, I could really go for a hot chicken sandwich." ordered something from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings was completely let down. I was like, I can do this better. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to rock the smoker for nine or 10 hours on pulled pork, you go big. And then the next day, pulled pork sandwiches. The next day, I don't know, pulled pork nachos, pulled pork quesadillas for lunch. Like mm-hmm. you just And then it. let's talk about your pulled pork waffles. That looked amazing. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. I, I was, because when I made pulled pork, I was like, show. I was like, we could totally make like, uh, barbecue egg rolls. We'll get the egg roll paper. We'll put all this stuff in there. I never did, but I, oh, yeah. I'm like, we got to try that now. And now that I saw the waffles, perfect. Yeah. I mean the, the fried chicken and waffles, it's a thing. I don't hate it. Just not my favorite. So why not pulled pork and, and waffles? So it works. Did it work? When, uh, when I was in Georgia, we had, this is right up your alley. We had Nashville hot chicken and waffles. That was good because you had the sweet of the syrup, but you also had the hot sauce with it. That came out really good. That was my first experience with hot chicken, and I was I'm hooked. I'm again still chasing that high. I got to get back to it. No, that's good. You know, another good vehicle. Um, I mean, potatoes are so versatile. Mm-hmm. But if you've got leftover chicken, like spicy chicken, buffalo chicken, Nashville hot chicken, then it's the Nashville hot potato skin or the mm-hmm. Nashville hot like stuffed baked potato. That sounds really good. We did uh we did a baked potato bar the other day and we just kinda million different toppings and ever since then my mind's like, Oh, what else could we put on a baked potato or do like um over Christmas I made um was it twice baked potatoes? And I was like, Oh, th- that's like a, a complete blank slate. What do you want in your baked potato? Let's let's go ahead and throw it in the mix and we'll ah. Yeah, that's it's another one of those perfect foods, a twice-baked potato. I don't oh, know who invented it, but just brilliant. Have you ever had a dish called Chicken Murphy? No. I've not even heard of it. Okay, so I'm pretty sure it got together because I think it's a Jersey thing, but I think it's uh, an Italian guy and an Irish guy got together and they made this dish. So it's got um, 
pan-fried <clears throat> pan chicken, pan-fried sausage. You put it in. All this goes into uh, a Dutch oven. So you do that. I think we had onions, hot peppers, uh, mushrooms. I'm not a mushroom fan, but we threw those in there too. Um, you're going to take some stock, whatever you want that to be. You're going to throw in, you're supposed to do white wine. I didn't do that. I kept that out. But also do uh, the hot pepper ju- juice from the jar. Pour that in. You mix it all together. I think I'm missing some steps, but you put that into the oven. Let that cook for a little bit. Come out. Put it on top of some angel hair or whatever kind of carb you want. It can be on bread or whatever. It is so good. Again, it's nice and spicy. First time I ever had it, we had uh, hot cherry peppers on it. That was really good. This last time we did hot banana peppers. Very good. Because it's got, like, I've been really favoring acids recently. Like, not not acid, not LSD, but, like, acidic foods. Um, so the peppers and the onions together in the vinegar sauce and the hot vinegar just, ah, it, it knocked me out of this world. Yeah, I'm with you. I like that vinegary bite. And that dish must be good if you ate mushrooms. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. It's got to be very chopped. And as we're making them, I might chop those mushrooms just a little smaller, a little smaller, so I can't, so I can get it all on one fork and mix it in with all the other flavors. All right, so we got to go full circle now. So for that that briny, vinegary like kind of bite, are you marinating your chicken in pickle juice, like brining it overnight? So I did for for that one. No, for the hot chicken, I did it in buttermilk. Okay. So traditional nice. Yeah, so I, I and I was I saw the one recipe I saw said do the pickle juice, then do the buttermilk, like the spiced buttermilk, and then put in the thing. I didn't get that far. I didn't go that far in advance. That would have probably been like twenty four plus six hours if I include the pickle juice part, but I didn't do that. Oh man. Yeah, so let's see. So the so yeah, the the thing with the cooking shows that the last little thing a little bit I wanted to say on that was you know, I fed my girlfriend's daughter something I cooked, and she's starting to critique me like the cooking show. She's like, oh, that's a little too sour, actually, for my liking. I'm like, would you just just eat it? <laughs> you know what I mean? She just starts talking, or, or she's like, oh, that's that's not exactly what I was looking for. What do you, what were you looking for? It's a chicken nugget. I wonder if that's, that's scripted. There's so many of those shows where it looks very candid. They're talking to the people at the tables, and they're tasting it, and they all just use the same adjectives and yes. I'm just like, I don't buy it. There's a, there's one on Netflix. I can't remember the name, but they cook these big or they bake these big extravagant cakes and they do it within a small time crunch. And they're literally like works of art. They're gigantic. Like one was an entire edible trophy case. And I'm like, there's no way they cooked that in 12 hours or whatever their time limit. Like, you know that they had to doctor that footage because there's no, it's just not possible. Um, so I, I agree. There's got to be some scripted things. And I've noticed with these cooking shows that they are either all against, they always have something negative to say, or they're all for everything. Everything's the best thing they ever had. And I'm like, give me a balance. Give me that old school 2001 American Idol. You got some nice. Then you got Simon Cowell, who's an asshole. Like, give me that that broad spectrum of emotions, so I know what to expect. But yeah, and I wonder if that's just the Netflix effect, where they're like, "Oh, we have to include everyone and make everyone feel welcomed and and stuff like that." Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, I watch everybody at work, and they're trying to get food brought in, or they're ordering food. And I mean, one that gets expensive. Two, it's not super healthy. And I'm just bringing it in. Then it's always the same excuse. Like, you know, I don't have the time. You know, it takes too long. It's too expensive. 
and it, it's not. I feel like they're just biased from either social media or watching the shows, and it's so hard to to convince them that look, this really isn't that hard, and it tastes way better. Right, I agree. And and on that thing, on that idea, like whatever happened to just a simple cold cut sandwich for lunch? Like why why does everything <laughs> have to be this crazy extravagant meal? Um, don't get me wrong. Like I, I've done both sides of that spectrum, but you give me some, some ham and cheese on some white bread, throw a bag of chips and, and I'll be good. Like I can suffice on that. That, that worked for me growing up. It can work for me now. Make, I, I agree. And I spent, especially in the dispatch center, so much money on DoorDash and stuff like that. Cause I was like, yeah. well, I packed my lunch, well. but you know, Jimmy John sounds really good. Jersey Mike sounds really good. Like, you know what I mean? But I, I agree. It doesn't. It either it doesn't have to be so extravagant, or it doesn't have to be so expensive either. Yeah, I've always got like the the big ass flour tortillas in the fridge, and whatever we've got for dinner, that's a burrito the next day. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf burrito, delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't I, matter what it is. You're, you're rolling it up. You're taking it in. It's not fancy, but it is still better than spending all your money on delivery. Yeah, and just think of all the extra calories and stuff that come from it if you're going to think of it that way. And for me, it was always white bread. I didn't have tortillas, but I always had white bread laying around. So if we had uh, roast beef or London broil or whatever the protein was, it's going on the Wonder Bread and it's going to be a sandwich the next morning or next day. Yeah. It's funny. There's there's so many people that just, again, I don't want to use that word foodie again, <laughs> uh, but they're they're – Food is, is sustenance to them. It's like, look, I got to do this thing to keep my body going and I take no enjoyment in it. So this sandwich is like whole wheat bread and three pieces of lettuce and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't roll like that. I mean, if it's like a health concern, I respect that. You got to do what you got to do to keep your body healthy. But I take so much enjoyment from from flavor mm-hmm. and especially mm-hmm. having such a stressful job and we work long hours and we take a lot of shit uh, if I get five minutes to shovel food into my face, it's an experience. Like it's an out of body. Like I just want to enjoy this. Leave me alone. Yeah, I I agree completely. We had uh, the other night my coworker made uh, euros, and like oh, she had the whole nice. the whole setup. She had the flatbread. She had uh, the marinade. Actually, she even said she's like, yeah, no, this is frozen chicken I got from the grocery store. Tastes great. Let me tell you, she had. Uh, bottled tzatziki sauce, like everything. But she had everything to go along with it. She made me one, and it was great. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, out of this world extravagant. It had simple ingredients that she was able to throw together super quick, and it came out great. And just an idea that, like, you can enjoy. And we don't even get a meal break where we work because we're so short-staffed and so small. So (laughs) in between calls, you just shovel something in your mouth, chipmunk it to the side as you get another call and you know you kind of talk around grateful you from in your mouth and then you know chew when they're talking you know mute the mic chew 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 yep. and it's either small bites chipmunk or eat fast and the worst part is after like doing this for so many years it, it becomes a habit so now on my off day like i'm hanging with family we're having a nice dinner and i'm just like eating like an asshole just shoveling stuff in and trying to eat quick yep and, and you know the times that when i'm working i don't do that you know when i'm like okay we're kind of we're done for the night okay cool I'll, I'll actually get a chance to enjoy my food take a big bite of whatever and then bring 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 damn it like yeah there's been times i mean i've done it all i've chipmunked it 
I've spit it out into like a napkin and I'll be like, I'll get back to that later. Like, you know, it's, it's oh, man. <laughs> okay. I haven't gone that far, but I have spit it out before. I'm like, I can't breathe, let alone talk. So yeah. It, and, and you're right. The job is so stressful that when you get a chance to shovel some food in your face, uh, I, I too try to make it enjoyable and something that's not when you, when you, cause I was thinking about like me on the road and I would, suffer and i would go to like a fast food joint or whatever so not the best option but as i got further down my career i would look for places that i could actually like eat and like kind of digest a little bit before running and gunning a little bit so i think the enjoyment part is is a big point too yeah you know what's what's funny is like all the different types of calls we get i love those calls from uh i'm gonna throw some air quotes up here even though nobody can see me like concerned citizens Mm -hmm. that are phoning in to report uh you know the officer the deputy the engine company or the ambulance parked behind some strip mall and i just want to let you know they're sitting back there and they're doing nothing and they're eating and just drinking coffee look they get like three minutes leave them alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) what do you want them to do Right, right. There were there would be times where I would finish up a call, go to my car, still parked down the street from the person's house, and while I'm like adding CAD notes, eating a little bit of my sandwich and whatever, and you know, I'm sure the 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 person at the house is like, "What are they doing? What are they?" And it's like right. I'm literally trying to eat and survive. I, there was one time, oh, I remember it was uh, it was Taco Tuesday at my favorite taco spot where I used to work, and I was so excited. And, like, it was across town from where I worked, my zone, but I was, you know, coming up on meal break. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go pick up my tacos, and then I'm going to go to my little hiding spot, and we're going to have dinner, and everything's going to be great. I no sooner get back to my car, uh, an armed robbery comes out. So I, you know, hightail it, go. And then, for some reason, I got stuck with the call. It wasn't my zone or anything, but I got stuck with the call. And so I'm like, well, while the detectives are in there doing their detecting thing, I'm going to be over here in the parking lot facing the business and I'm going to finish my tacos because I didn't get a chance to. But we noticed this the other day at work when someone brought us coffee after a code run. They were like, I think the coffee tastes a little bit better. I think the tacos taste a little bit better when they're <laughs> driving at 90 miles an hour going to a hot call. I think that's just part of the the experience. Yeah. Or, you know, you got to ask to be delayed on scene, but then your AVL shows you to drive through. It's all mm-hmm. good. Doesn't bother me. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Just... At the same time, I, there's been times when the AVL is showing at a drive through of, like, a coffee shop. And I'm like, hey, man, can you grab me a coffee? And they go, oh, no, sorry, I'm leaving. <laughs> Bitch, turn your ass around. You're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I've had I've had that as well. So where I used to That's work, I was going to say, when I used to work the, the, the road, our dispatchers were uh, centralized to the county. They weren't nearby. So we I never had that opportunity to bring them food when they asked or anything like that. But, um now that I am literally in the middle of the city and my officers always come through, I was like, if I ask for a coffee, I'm not asking you like I'm, I'm trapped. I can't leave. So save me the $17 delivery fee and <laughs> grab me a coffee. Yeah. And then we have the Murphy's law in the communication center, which is anytime they come in, like we're getting blown out. We're getting our ass handed to us. And as soon as they walk through the door, all phones drop. Like it mm-hmm. is just the keyword. Nothing's going on. And then they give you that look like, damn, you guys have the easiest job. And you're like, I swear, like it was just jumping. As soon as you drop this coffee off and leave, like it's going to get crazy again. It's Murphy's yep. Law. And I've had officers in there with me. 
one reason or another they were in there and then shit hit the fan while they were sitting there and they go, I have to leave. This is this is too much. Like when you got nine one ones going, admin lines, radio traffic, then the teletype machines going off, and they're like, "This is too much. I gotta go." And I'm like, "Thank you, like thank you for seeing this." Like so many people, even where I used to work, they just don't get it. And I've come to the realization: it's like uh, per- not perspective, percentages, or, or like ratios. Like I work in a much smaller jurisdiction than my girlfriend does, but we're still just as busy per capita. You know, like. We're still just, you know what I mean? So even though there's only two of us working in the room, or because of that, it's it's just as busy as hers with 17 people working in the room. No, that's very that's a great point. Because even if you're thinking, oh, man, I only have like four calls holding. If you've got only three officers on the street because you're a small agency, you're still screwed. Mm-hmm. So right. you're right. It's like a ratio of resources to population to calls. But because you're on both sides, you're double threat now. That's why nobody can complain to me. Well, they can because I'll understand both sides, but I'll also call you out on the bullshit both ways. So I definitely understand the dispatch stress. I definitely understand the law enforcement stress. But then I also know when people are phoning it in too, like, okay, hold on a second. Is it really what you're talking about right now? Is it that bad? Like, let's, let's put it into some perspective here. And, uh, you know, I'm never going to minimize people's experiences, but at the same time, it's good for like, Oh, you know what? It's not that bad. It, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. Like, you know, it's not that bad. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, back to food. Um, we got uh, that was a good that was a good uh, bit to bring up, just because I I feel like that's a that's an important factor. This one we talked about privately uh, in our messages, and I wanted to bring it up here. What's a restaurant that seems so fancy when you were as a kid? You went for every major. Uh, birthday yes. celebration or whatever but now that you're an adult you realize it was nothing i love love that question because everybody's got one like you just dig into that nostalgic vault mm-hmm. and for me it was it was red lobster okay birthday you're going to red lobster graduation going to red lobster and i thought i mean i grew up in a landlocked state so getting some shrimps like that was a special occasion like this is yeah. exciting and then years ago i don't know 10, 15 years ago or something, my wife and I are like, let's go check out Red Lobster. I could not even, like, we were going to walk out. It was so just over butter, over salt. It was so bad. And I thought, man, how'd I grow up on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went not too long ago. And there's a there's a authentic seafood place right down the road from Red Lobster. And we typically go there, but it was a little late and Red Lobster was still open. The other place was closed. And got the same thing that I would have gotten at the seafood place. And it was so much worse. My stomach hurt instantly. Cause it was just so <laughs> extra fried and extra buttery and everything like that. And I was like, Oh my God, I got this few months ago at the seafood place. And it, I felt like a spring chicken. If it was so fresh and tastes great. And this was just not good. The, 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 the biscuits aren't good though. Those are pretty good. For real. The biscuits are good. Uh, so what's your, um, like your throwback nostalgic. So not as great as you remember it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I was seeing if it was different from when we last talked, but I think it's still, so for me, it was Perkins when (laughs) growing up, that was every Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday, Easter morning, we would go to Perkins, they would, we would always go, and this is, my memory's jogging me, like, this is when they have the smoking and non-smoking sections, my parents smoked, so we went to the smoking section, and there was, like, a big glass divider, I remember that too, and I remember, like, the pancakes were great. The chocolate milk was amazing. Blah, 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 Like all these things. Then as I grow up and I get to my teenage years, 
that same Perkins still standing. And my band and I would go there after gigs because they were the only restaurant open. And again, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. But I think that was just because I was broke and that was it was cheap. When a few months ago, I was like, what is this? Like, how how is this building still sta- different different Perkins? But how are how is this business even still going? It's just like you've got you got Denny's, you got IHOP, you got I don't know, Bob Evans, depending on where you are. But then you got oh Cracker Barrel, but all the way down at the bottom. You got Perkins just still holding on, and it's like, how? How is this still a thing? Even Waffle House is a step up from Perkins some days. Yeah, it's like as you as you age and grow and then travel and then maybe move agencies, you're starting to see the country. You're starting to see a lot more food. It's, it's interesting, like, what was your – like, we'll pick seafood. Like, what was your gateway seafood that started it all? Because for me, the only thing I remember as a kid was shrimp cocktail. Yeah. Like, that was splurging. That was like – Christmas dinner, you know, this is going to be special. It's all we really knew about. Like, this is fantastic. And now you look at it and you're like, I think you get that at a gas station now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would need it. Yeah. It was, it was the same, same for me. Every time my parents and I would go out to a restaurant, like not Perkins, but other restaurants, like actual restaurants, that would be their go-to would be a shrimp cocktail. And to the point of like, I, I have trouble finding it nowadays. Like there used to be a sports bar where I used to live at and they had it on the menu, but it was so unpopular. They, they discontinued it. I was like, no, that was like my favorite thing to get here. Cause it was that bit of nostalgia. Um, but yes, even, even now for Christmas Eve or whatever, I'll go ahead and, and make my, or get my own. I don't even make it. I just get the ring and whatever. Um, but to look where I am now, like a few months ago, I had swordfish for the first time and it was, it was great. Have you had that before? Yeah. I, you know, we're like kind of shitting on the food network shows, but it has increased exposure to things that other people haven't had, especially regionally. So you live mm-hmm. in one part of the country and all of a sudden you're like, you know, I've never had, I don't know, tamales before growing up in the Midwest. And then you're in California, you're on the West coast. And it's like, well, these, these are really good. Where mm-hmm. were these when I was a kid? Right. So I think we can get better exposure to you know, a wider range of stuff. I mean, you were talking about your coworker that brought in the, like, was it the gyros and the tzatziki mm-hmm. sauce and the, Stuff is awesome. Oh, yeah. And the first time I ever had a gyro was at a Greek festival where I used to work. And I didn't I didn't know what it was. And, you know, I, I was kind of like, tur- not turned off, but I was definitely skeptical about it. I was like, wow, this is everything that I don't know. Like, it's a flatbread. It's a weird sauce. It's weird meat because it had lamb in it. I'm like, what is going on here, right? And then this time through, obviously, and, and I've grown appreciation for lamb or as time has passed and everything. I think, I think we talked about lamb a little bit too, didn't we? Yeah. It's just, it, it's not so popular in the States, but it's so good. And again, people, people are afraid of it. Just cook it like steak. Yeah. I had the, what turned me around to lamb was actually having it in Ireland. So the fact that you said it's not popular in the States is right on. Um, I had shepherd's pie with lamb and it was delicious. And I think I even had lamb stew uh, made in a Guinness-based sauce, of course, because Ireland. And, um, yeah, totally hokey-pokey me, turned me around to to lamb. Um, I don't think I'm brave enough to cook lamb just yet. Well, I mean, but before I met you, I had no idea what Taylor Ham was. And now mm-hmm. it's like I have to book a flight to New Jersey just to experience the magic of. <laughs> yes, it's one of those regional cuisines. And 
I can speak from experience. Like they sell it down here. There's a few diners and bagel places and stuff that sell it down here at bagel or breakfast shops. It's not the same though. You really have to get it in New Jersey the way God intended it, and it'll it'll change your life. If you've have you even had like a bacon egg and cheese breakfast sandwich? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, it's to me the breakfast sandwich is like how breakfast is supposed to be. Obviously, you can do a big plate breakfast with your pancakes and meat of choice and everything, but a breakfast sandwich is just perfection. It's nice. Yeah, I'm, right now I think my my current um, like breakfast addiction is the whole like Hawaiian plate lunch. Okay, what's that? Yeah. You got to have the rice, and then you've got like an egg over easy. Break that on the rice. You got like a burger patty covered in gravy. It's all carbs. It's all good. I, so the guy that I was just complaining about, the food review, he did one of those. I didn't know what it was called, but he did, and he broke the the, the egg up and ate it. It looked great. So now i got to go find me one of those. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know you're eating something good when you're eating it out of like a styrofoam container. So you're. I didn't even show you my list of things to talk about, but you're hitting every single one of them. It's amazing. So my question <laughs> being to you, when you get food to go, or forget that. You go to your fridge and you open it up and you've got all these different takeout containers. You've got the uh, aluminum foil with the, the the top on it, either the plastic dome or you've got the paper or the foil thing that you scrunch down. You've got the cardboard box, right? That's usually a classier restaurant. You've got the styrofoam container. What is your favorite to-go container that's going to have the best food inside it? Wow. I like... Um... Chinese food makes great leftovers, and they're just cool boxes. Yep. Yeah, it's off the top of my head. I think I got to go to those little Chinese food boxes. Yep, so it's going to be that. Or for me, the other one is that, like I was describing, the foil with the scrunchy down thing, and you got to open it. And if you open it and you run your fingers around the rim, you might cut your fingers on the aluminum. <laughs> but usually whatever's in there is nice and saucy, and, and that that's usually going to heat up nice and nice and good. The, Back in the very beginning of my page, that was one of the first food-based poll questions I ever asked was, what's your favorite to-go container, knowing that the food inside is going to be fire? And I can't remember what one. It was was three, four years ago now. But I feel like everyone knows what I'm talking about, but you never think about it until it's posed to you. Because, like, like the classier restaurants all have those cardboard boxes that fold in on each other. And for for me, I think the, the cardboard actually, like, leaks into the food and you can like the food starts tasting papery and cardboardy and i feel like that's kind of the whole green movement so it maybe it's done so let me get this one so you've got leftovers which means you're not cooking you don't have to dirty any dishes so you're already getting out easy are you heating it up in the microwave or you actually get to go and like put it back in a pot or put it in an oven and crisp it up Hmm. it depends on what's in the container i'm i'm fair point i'm not I'm not classy enough or too classy to put stuff in the microwave. I will do that all day long. Even leftover pizza. I know you had that on your, your story a little while ago. What do you do with pizza? But for leftover pizza, I will throw that bitch in the microwave. It can get nice and chewy. I'm cool with that. But it also can work very well in the oven. Now, there's some things that I found if you really want to give it second life, potatoes, rice, then you might need to put it in a pot or like something like that because potatoes just – I've had such a hard time finding a way to reheat potatoes, especially like French fries and, and kind of like that because they never crisp up the way I like or whatever it is. So 
I found that either in the oven, put the fries back in there or whatever, or putting them in a frying pan and just kind of like tossing them in a quick thing of oil. That's a good way to like heat them up. All right. Yeah. What do you think? I feel like you're, you're, you're already like rocking the shortcut because you're not cooking. Mm -hmm. So I love those little like uh, countertop toaster ovens. Yeah. Tiny things. That's, that's the leftover maker right there. Get it all crispy again. Yep, exactly. And and again, it doesn't make it soggy like a microwave would, but it's not a full production like a full oven or stovetop. So I, I agree completely. I think I never had one. And then when I moved in with my girlfriend, she has one. She swore by it. She didn't even have a microwave until I moved in. So, so many things you can just put right in there. Even like make a little tinfoil boat. And even if you have like pasta or something, throw that in there. It, it works. It works the same way. You know what? That Somebody needs to write a cookbook on how to use a microwave. And they they be a millionaire because be i can't figure it out it's either like boiling hot or it's ice cold or usually both mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> somehow it can be middle ice cold yeah absolutely I, I don't i don't get it either i know that sometimes the vessel whatever you put it in that makes a big difference like i have um stoneware that doesn't reheat very well it'll get scalding hot but inside's ice cold um I found a few things that work okay, but I'm sure they probably shouldn't even be in the microwave. So I don't know. I haven't figured that out, but definitely like, man, if I were for barstool sports, that's what I would put on the table. Like, Hey, our, our target audience is drunk college frat guys. Let's teach them how to use a microwave. Boom. (laughs) What, um, what about, uh, Oh, like the, the popcorn button on a microwave, like, it flat out says on the package of popcorn, do not use popcorn button. Then what's it for? That's what I need to know. That Yeah, that's a big one. And like full disclosure, I had never used the popcorn button my whole life until I met my wife. And it's the same argument. She's like, that's what it's for. And I'm just trying to guess and put it in time. And then I'm standing there to make sure it doesn't just get completely torched. Uh, which again, like, that's how you get fired at a dispatch center. <laughs> yes. You you do not burn that popcorn in a closed building with, you know, no windows. I had no idea. So, yeah, I'm a believer now in the popcorn button. Okay. I, I'm going to try it out then. Um, the other thing that you don't heat up in a microwave in a closed building is fish. I, I learned that the hard way. I once yeah. brought I brought a meal prep that I got from the company I work with, and it was – and I, did, I didn't look at it before I packed it in my lunch. So it was the only thing I brought that day. It was salmon with broccoli, cauliflower, and oh. Brussels sprouts. I'm like, you're trying <laughs> to get me killed here. Like, those are yeah, all the things. You... So I, like, I went around and I was like, hey, this is what I have for lunch. Can I reheat it? And everyone was like, yeah, it's fine. No problem. Whatever. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I don't want to hear shit about this in six months. This is getting your – but it was fine. It actually didn't stink up the place too bad. But I, I... – I never you brought that brave. back to work. Yeah. You are brave. Yeah. It's like the the first time everyone's like, let's let's order a pizza. What do you want on it? And you hit them with like garlic and anchovies. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're out. Leave Proby. I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club then. <laughs> okay, but we need some more stipulations. Yes, we do. Instead of cutting the sandwich once, let's cut it again. Yes, four triangles. And we will position them into a circle. And in the middle, we will dump chips. Or a potato salad. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about frilly toothpicks? I'm formed. Well, this club is formed. Spread the word on menus nationwide. 
I like my sandwiches with alfalfa sprouts. Well, you're not in the fucking club. You know, that was another thing that I was thinking today because we all went out to lunch and came back, and I'm like, listen, we're in this training room. It's not very big. I know I'm not the only one that smells garlic on this dude's breath. I know it, you know, and it's just it, those kind of things. Like, there's got to be like a line, a list of things that you don't eat when you're going when you're in certain places. Like, don't get, don't get the double tacos from Taco Bell if you're coming back to do training because no one wants to smell that for the rest of the day either. Like, keep it, keep it light. Do a light lunch wherever you go. Keep it a light lunch. I, yeah, I did training for my last agency, and in the curriculum, we actually taught every new hire how to microwave popcorn. And how to make coffee in the break room. Like, if you can't figure these two things out, I don't care like how much you rock a radio, you're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my agency didn't even have a coffee pot in the dispatch center. I bought it because I was spending Savage. so much money on store, on coffee. I was like, no, I can buy a whole big thing of Folgers and that'll last us for months. And I had to teach my coworker who's in her 40s how to make because all she's ever had is K cups, or she buys it from the store, you know, buys it from Dunkin' or whatever. And I was like, "This is how you make a full pot of coffee." Your day shift, I'm night shift, so when I come in at six p.m., I'll be expecting a full pot, as I do for you at six a.m. This is common courtesy, you know. And and we had a laugh about it. She still can't make it correct, but that's okay. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I imagine that's that's generational. People growing up with those little K cups and Starbucks and. You know, then you walk them into an office, you're like, this is what a coffee machine looks like. Mm-hmm. This is a filter. This is how you use it. Water goes in here. I used one of the big industrial uh, coffee pots that they had over at the firehouse one day. And it took me, like, I was like, okay, I know water, filter, coffee beans. Where does it all go and what button do I press? Because it's huge, you know, it's, it's bigger than the dang radio console so i was like how, how do i do? like the old school bun one i'm talking about and uh you know he he kind of laughed at me and you know i was like hey that's fine you sleep for a living and then i figured out how to do it so we we had a great laugh and this was actually right after the hurricane so they were the only ones with power because our police department lost power so um i was like listen you guys got to generate that works i can't talk too much shit and then and then that was that traditional employment you're having coffee in the morning maybe you've got like your two in the afternoon, pick me up, you finish work. Maybe you're going to a happy hour because all the restaurants cater to those hours. So half price drinks, half price wings, whatever. When you're working graveyard, it, it kind of sucks. People look at you weird that, hey, it's three in the morning. I need Starbucks right now. Mm-hmm. Like I need to wake up. Yeah. And then you get off and everybody's having breakfast. You're like, I'm having dinner. I don't care. It's eight in the morning. I'm working all night. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, or you're going to your own happy hour. It's like, why are you drinking in the morning? It's like, this is actually just after my shift. So check, check your judgment out the door, please. Um, (laughs) thank you. Yeah. I, I agree completely. And it, it, they even, even at work, they kind of look at me sideways when I pour a cup of coffee at like 3am. They're like, you realize you go home in three hours. I'm like, yeah, I got to make it to that for those three hours. Those I've been drinking coffee so much. I, I swear it's not a problem, but, um, it doesn't even affect me like that. Like I will drink, I can drink it probably right up until like the hour before I go to sleep and I'll be just fine. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know this topic's close to your heart, but like identifying the best food in your, like your beat or your zone, but also what's, what's open after say 10 or 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. like in your, your jurisdiction, what options do you have at, at two in the morning? In some communities, 
nothing. We have like, nothing. Maybe live in a big city. Okay, different, but. Yeah, where, where I currently work, there's, I think, after nine, your options are down to one sports bar. I think it's Buffalo Wild Wings. And then, if you can count that as a sports bar. And Waffle House. That's it. Even the McDonald's closes at 10. So, your options are limited. Or, if they, if someone goes up to the jail, they pass by a Wawa. You might get that. But, that that's it. It's just all the more reason to just cook it home and bring it in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially, and like, my big thing now is I've been buying snacks. You know, everyone jokes about dispatch and snacks. I've been, we've been building like this giant pantry with my squad is like, Hey, you got, you got any more cheese sticks? Yeah. 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 I got you fam. Hold on a second. You know? And then we just kind of do stuff like that because again, it's either that or I'm spending $50 at the gas station to get three items, you know? So, yeah. And it's so, you you can dictate what you're getting at that point, as opposed to like, Oh, whatever's around or, you know, trying to choose better options. Like I've been trying to lose weight and be healthier and be more conscious about what I eat. But at the same time, Sometimes you just throw caution in the wind. Like I could really go for gummy bears right now. Sorry, I need those. I need those emotional support cards right now. Well, I was going to ask: Is there really a good option at a gas station? Like, no. if you're trying to decide between that hot dog on the roller and some nachos, is there really a is there really no. a win? Or you're just no. When I was on the road, the best option I would get in the middle of the night is like beef jerky, and even that, I mean, it's kind of loaded in sugars and stuff like that, but. Not or like a thing of peanuts or almonds or something, but that's not a good option. Like nothing, nothing says depression like dry roasted almonds. Like, oh, I'd rather <laughs> eat some cardboard. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you've you've seen both sides of it. Uh, I I've been fortunate because the whole dispatch potluck, like that's mm-hmm. a spread. That's a good thing. I feel like that stopped a little bit during the pandemic. People were kind of freaked out about eating other people's food or, or bringing food in. And and I'm all all about it. So if we've, if we've turned that corner, I mean, I don't, depends what news source you follow, whether we're through this or not, but I'm all about getting back on the the potluck because everybody brings something in. You don't got to leave no gas station, no beef jerky. You can chow down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're actually, uh, this episode is coming out after the Super Bowl, so I don't know who's winning. But for Sunday, we're doing a potluck <laughs> for dip night. So I'm I'm making a buffalo chicken dip right up your alley, and then I'm also making um, we're doing a sweet and a savory. So my sweet is going to be a Dunkaroo kind of dip. So it'll be like funfetti cake, and it's going to be sweet. And I don't even know what they're making, but um, so yeah, we're 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 slowly bringing it back and. Not only that, not only do you get all those food options, but it's good for like the team building too, like the camaraderie. Like nothing says team building like eating together. Yeah, and you you try everybody else's favorite stuff where people are like, "Look, I hate whatever it is. I hate this thing." And it's like, "All right, well, try it this way." You know, you're you're like in a group setting. I don't know whether it's peer pressure, you're just trying to be nice, but you turn a corner, you're like, "Wow, you know what? Yeah. I do like that." Mhm. And and not only that, but like stuff that I wouldn't make for myself i can try almost like when you go to like a, a food buffet like oh i wouldn't eat this but let me try it um a few oh, years yeah. ago we did um we did like appetizers for new year's eve one night i worked and someone brought in meatballs in jelly like grape jelly which i've seen a million times on pinterest but not something that i would make and it's a good thing i tried it there because i would not still to this day not make it because i didn't enjoy it but it's a good thing to try and be like okay that's definitely not for me and i'll move on to something else yeah, that's the fun of the buffet is you go through. It's small portions, small bites till I find what I'm locked in on. 
then you load up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Which I, I drove by the skeleton of a golden corral. I don't know if, if you have those out there, but <laughs> you know, one of those like old country buffet things, but COVID killed so many of those buffets. And I don't even know if there are any around anymore. Yeah. And I, I live in a town filled with casinos and it's absolutely changed. They were shut down for a good year or two. And then they were open because look, they want your money. Sure. And so, Hey, you, you put a mask on, you'll come in, but it wasn't a buffet. They're serving you. So you point, you're like, I want a scoop of that. And mm. they drop it on your plate. Same food just wasn't the same atmosphere. Like it wasn't as enjoyable for some right. reason. Right. Or like, um, kind of what you're saying. Like, I remember you could get it by the pound, like you get your container and they'll load up as much as you want. And then you just got to take it and leave. And I'm like, no, that's not why I come here. I don't, you know, it's definitely there for the atmosphere and stuff like that. So you're absolutely right. Um, listen to whoever, whatever politicians listening to this show, bring back buffets. We can rebuild, <laughs> make America great again. I was going to say, this is going to be on after the Super Bowl, And I had such a great like Super Bowl spread idea. What you got? We can we can tack this off for next year. There we go. Um, so you make your wings, whether it's going to be on the smoker, whether you fry them, whether you put them in the oven, whatever. However you get down on your wings. And then you have a sauce bar. It's not that hard to just mm-hmm. put up a bunch of sauces. So everybody just tosses their own wings. So you like garlic parmesan? Great. That one's right here. You want the Thai sweet chili stuff? That one's right here. You want mango habanero? That one's right here. Everybody has their own wings. Mm-hmm. That's that's almost yeah. It's like a loaded potato bar, but it's for wings. So that way, the yeah. wings are all the same until you add the sauce. I like that a lot. Yeah, the like the Bloody Mary bars. I love that concept. I'm not like super big on Bloody Marys, but I love the concept of just being able to grab a glass and put so so much crap in it. Like <laughs> that's yeah. just good time. Yeah, I, I I like that. And, you know, I've kind of – we were talking about potatoes earlier. We were talking about pasta. Like there's so many just vessels out there, and I think that the wing is such a an under underrated vessel because everyone thinks of the, the wing as itself. Like it exists by itself. But you can, it's pretty much a blank slate. You can do whatever you want to that wing, and it's going to come out great, whatever you decide to put on it. Yeah, I just did that poll like a day or two ago about – chicken like what's the go-to and i really thought everybody was gonna say like chicken breast Mm -hmm. or turkey breast and i was shocked like we're in a world now where more people are going for thighs and wings than drumsticks and breasts Mm -hmm. so we're in a good spot i was i was very impressed by your poll that was like almost an even split down the line for every single option did not expect that yeah i was i was very impressed by that and i i think i picked thigh Cause you know, you get a little bit juicy and still, but still hearty meat in it. Yeah. I think, I think I'd probably go, if I had to rank the four, it would go thigh, drumstick, breast, wing, just because I feel like the wing is just so much work from the chicken itself. If, if I got a plate of wings, sure. We're good with that. But if I, if I'm just pulling the chicken apart, that's, that's the order I'm going in. Yeah. Smoked or grilled, uh, all about the chicken thigh. I think it just, it's more forgiving chicken breast. You've got that narrow window and you just, you know, you take a break, you blink and all of a sudden it's just dry or Mm. rubber. You're right. I made, so when I made the sandwich to circle back to the beginning, I used the chicken thigh. And then the next night, a friend of mine made chicken breast fried. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's so hit or miss. You're going to, you know, again, it's either going to be raw, just right for a second or dried out. And, she said it didn't come out good, so I think we all know the answer with that one. 
Well, and same appeal to whatever politicians um, follow you and will be listening to this. Uh, look, I'm okay spending a ton of money putting gas in my car. I don't mind like having to take out a loan to buy a dozen eggs. But what is up with the price of wings? Like mm. it's ridiculous. That used to just be the throwaway garbage cut of chicken. And now I'm like selling a kidney just to buy some wings. Mm -hmm. I remember growing up and going to the bowling alley and it was nickel wing night and it was the best. Yeah. And now it's like, hold on a second. I'm going to go get some chicken wings. Let me go take out a loan on my house. Cause I want some, I want some hot wings. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, struggle's real. Speaking of struggle, last, last topic I want to throw at you tonight. What is your favorite meal from your childhood or what is your favorite no, notorious struggle meal. Both good questions. Okay. Uh, favorite childhood meal. Uh, well, you know, we both grew up Italian, so I think you can commiserate with me on this one. Uh, the stuffed shells with the ricotta cheese, mm -hmm. Italian sausage, spinach, stuff the shell, marinara sauce, bake it covered in cheese. Uh, my mom always made that. So good. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's so good, but all then like nostalgic, like you remember your childhood. Sure, you're thinking yeah. your mom. It's a good, it's a good time. So that's probably, I think one I took with me from the childhood. Yeah. And then which meal do you struggle with the most? Yeah, or like not not no like if uh like when if you're like low on money or whatever like you know kind of struggle to put it together kind of meal like some people it's like ramen or something like that. What would be your go to? Okay. I got you. Uh, never did the ramen thing, never did the cup of noodles thing. Probably just go back to like flour tortillas. You mm -hmm. just put anything in a flour tortilla, like you know, mustard sandwich. You got two pieces of bread and mustard. You got something. Yeah. But yeah. Same thing. Even just like microwaving flour tortillas and eating them plain. Mm -hmm. That got me through college. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my mom would do for my nieces and nephews because I didn't like it, but they would take the flour tortillas and they'd make pizzas out of it. They'd put some jar pizza sauce on it, some, you know, cheap government cheese on it. They'd microwave it, and there you go. That's your that's your pizza for the night. That's pizza night. Um, but my mom was signature of turning anything into a pizza. So English muffins, um, bagels, you know, whatever kind of bread we had lying around. She'd throw cheap pizza sauce and cheap cheese on it. Boom. Hey, it's pizza night. Um, again, that wasn't really my thing. I've pizza burger though now that i'm thinking about it she would make normal hamburger but she'd throw mozzarella cheese on it and pizza sauce that was pretty good that was kind of like one of her go-to if we'll talk about a nostalgic meal we'll go with that we'll i'll tack the pizza burger on because i was that was a mama 108 special right there i've said it before in my even my girlfriend goes what is that i'm like that was my mom i don't know this is what she would throw together one day she even tried like she tried doing like super poor man's grilled cheese it's the worst thing she ever made me and you know Hope, you know, she's not going to smite me right now. But she once put white bread, American cheese in the microwave, turned it on. It like barely melted. And she goes, hey, here's a grilled cheese. I'm like, mom, no, let's not do this ever again. This is terrible. Um, so struggle meal. Again, I, I'm with you. I never got into ramen or cup of noodles. It just never was a thing. I thought that chicken ramen tastes too much like chicken noodle soup. So I could just heat up a can of chicken noodle soup if i really wanted to um yeah you know another thing we did a lot of growing up because we didn't have a lot of money at all um 
chicken breast and then in Italian breadcrumbs and fry it up real quick. A little chicken cutlet action going on. And impressive. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was another Mama 10 8 special. And even, you know, nowadays, I was just thinking about the other day. I was like, man, I haven't had, you know, pan fried chicken cutlets in forever. So I might have to do that next. And when I was frying the, the chicken thighs for the sandwiches, I was like, oh, you know, we could very easily make this the poor man's version and just, you know, quick egg, quick breadcrumb into the oil. Good to go. That's another one of those Sunday meal preps. I'll sit there and like pound out a bunch of cutlets fry them up, and then one night you got your chicken piccata, and the mm-hmm. next night you got your chicken parm, and the next night, I don't know, cut them up, you got chicken fingers, dip them in ranch, like mm-hmm. three or four meals easy off just one day effort. Right, uh, and they still, I mean, I don't know what the price is now, but they still sell chicken breast by the gigantic pack, so you know, you can, you can definitely stretch that out for a full for a full week. That's that's what we always did. That's When I was doing meal prep, I would get the big pack, I'd chop it up. Usually I would dice it, but same idea. You'd have so many different options with it. What about um, for, like, the, the old school meal? We had hot dogs. I know we could afford hot dogs, but we didn't have hot dog buns for some reason. Yeah. We were rocking hot dogs on just white bread. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did that one, too. We even did burgers on white bread, too. Just like, oh, we didn't have rolls? All right, we'll do that. Even though, like... It, it was not the same, but the hot dog definitely worked. And I think I want to say that the hot dog folded in, in white bread was what triggered this idea. And what made me write it down was like, that was the struggle meal of like, of my era too. Okay. Hold on. I got to ask this question. We've been talking about work. This conversation came up at work. I started it, but I got to pose it to everybody. So you are definitely, oh, man, I know where you're going. I'm already nervous. <laughs> the sandwich question. Yes. Is a hot dog yeah, a sandwich? Oh, that is so brutal. Okay, that came up at your work, and then we talked, and I took it into my work, and it was like, oh, it was like a 50-50 split. People were digging their heels in. We were ready to brawl. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn, but I think if you can, cons- like literally, you consider meat on some type of bread or bun a sandwich, then I guess... But I'm in the other school. I think it's too specific. I think a hot dog stands on its own. is not a sandwich. In the same way, um, I think we talked about this too, uh, that if you've got a tortilla with cheese, is it a taco or is it a quesadilla? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like quesadilla is too specific. Mm-hmm. So it's its own category. I'm going to say hot dog stands on its own. So f- for the sake of being devil's advocate, I'm on the hot dog as a sandwich just to piss people off but if i'm if i'm really gonna be transparent about it i believe that hot dog is a type of sandwich like item but it is not necessarily a sandwich right because like because a sandwich is you know bread and you know a sandwich right but i like i like kind of poking the bear because then my follow-up is always like oh well then a taco's a sandwich too and then i really lose them i remember i was on the phone with my brother or my nephew and we got into this and i heard his girlfriend was he was on i was on speakerphone his girlfriend was in the room and i said oh well in that case i mean you can make the argument that a taco's a sandwich she goes i'm done and she just gets up and walks out like she was with me up until that point so it's just fun to poke the bear so that needs to be the show it needs to be a combination of some food network show with people's court so a food court with a judge and like a french chef's hat and you bring all the questions in and then he can make a ruling Slam the gavel. No, it is officially Taylor Ham. Mm-hmm. I have rule. <laughs> there, I like I like that. Food Network people. 
The same the same politicians that are listening that are going to do that. Then they got to make the Food Network show. Uh, we we as far as food content, we've got we got the whole gamut covered. Um, I like that though. Or like, you know, what is the proper dipping sauce for this? You know, like for French fries, what's the proper dipping sauce? And then people that say ketchup, that's one thing. Or like, does ketchup go on eggs? That's another big debate. Yeah, we got into the other one, which is like the Texas chili. Mm -hmm. Do you put beans in chili? Yes or no? Yeah. Man, people are getting heated. Yeah, and I've I've done both. I don't like beans, so I'm always going to opt for no beans, but I have made it with beans for extra nutrients. Not saying that that's the right way to do it, just to add some more to it. Um, But I would say no. I say no. All right. Very Texan of you. Mm -hmm. See? It, it goes with it goes with my my Texas brisket and everything else I'm cooking up. There you go. Yeah, you smoke that brisket, drop it in the chili. You don't need beans. Oh, now we're talking. Now, now we're talking. And then then I'll do some burnt ends. Then I'll put it in my spaghetti sauce. We're, we're going to be all set. I've also I've seen the reverse too, which is you put your beans in like the aluminum, I don't know, catch dish. And put that underneath your brisket, underneath your pulled pork. So the beans catch all the fats and the drippings, flavors them up. Because, I mean, you're going to catch those drippings anyway. So why not do something with them? Yeah. yeah. I, my brother-in-law for a cookout one year, or actually he does it all the time now, made some amazing baked beans. Like he took a big jar of bushes or whatever it was and doctored them up some way, added ketchup and mustard and onions and whatever to Oh, They came out amazing. I don't even know what the recipe is, but I need to find it. Yeah, try this one too. Take whatever barbecue sauce you're going to use, put it in one of those aluminum containers, and put that on the grill while you're smoking your meat. So you get a nice smoked barbecue sauce. That's a good idea. We did um, another thing is uh, smoked cream cheese. Just take a block of cream cheese, put it in a cast iron skillet, score it, put some rub on it. I didn't see that. I've, I've not done that yet. Super simple. Especially Perfect. if you're. It's good. Oh, yeah. Came out great. And you know you get the you get the smoke flavor, get whatever because whatever meat I'm smoking is covered in the rub. I take that same rub, I sprinkle it on the scored cream cheese, and it puffs out from the smoke. So it kind of, it, the flavor profile is the same. So if you, you got your little appetizer to go with the the thing you're waiting five more hours to be done cooking, um, so yeah, it, it, it works pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Kevin, this has been great. Um, Another great food conversation. Uh, so the day this comes out will be my birthday. So I have to ask you, what is your uh, go-to birthday tradition? Are you a cake guy, an ice cream guy, a pie guy? And what is your go-to birthday meal? Sad to say, I don't think I have any birthday traditions. Okay. Uh, barely remember when my birthday is. Somebody's mm-hmm. got to remind me. Just not one of those uh, things I look forward to. Uh, so not big on sweets, so really don't do a cake or anything like that. I think probably the last couple of years um, on a birthday, probably spending some money, probably like a nice thick king cut ribeye mm-hmm. on the grill, maybe getting some crab, something fancy like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, I – um. I couldn't tell you what I have for my birthday last year, actually, now that you mention it. But I've, I'm have i so burnt out on cake. So my sister had nine kids. And so, oh. yes, and most of them have their birthday in November, December time, which if you subtract nine months, that's about 
Valentine's Day, so it all makes sense. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it, it 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 got me wondering why there were so many kids at the same time. But anyway, um, so they burnt me out on cake. I really, I mean, I'll eat cake, but it's not my choice. But I can I can still get jiggy with some ice cream. As far as like a birthday meal, I feel like the last few years I probably cooked my birthday meal just because that's kind of what it's been at this point. Um, but like yeah. you all always go for like a steak or even like a really good slow cooked all day pasta sauce or something like that, depending on what I'm really feeling. But that's kind of where I'm at. So we'll see. I, I have no idea what my plans are for 20, uh, 13 days from right now, but uh, we shall see. But um, <laughs> Kevin, this is great, man. What's that? It's definitely at home. I don't think we don't go out. Yeah. Like the last couple of times we went to some like, you know, oh, you got to go try this restaurant, and it, it's good. It's like, okay, I like it, but there's nothing like, hey, it's my birthday. I don't want to be driving. I don't want to be out. It's like, just want to be comfortable. You know, throw a pair of shorts on, have a beverage, and I can just rock my own grill. Yeah, that's and, a birthday, and that's that's kind of where we're at too. And last time I made a steak, my girlfriend was like, you know, or no, the last time I said about, hey, let's go to this really nice steakhouse. She goes, we can make the same steak at home, cheaper, yeah. and you know. She said, we don't have to wear pants while we eat it because we're home. And I'm like, you win. That's the best logic. She, she's dialed in. Yeah, she's she's got it all figured out. So, I mean, that's, that's the school thought of, of mine as well. All right, Kevin, this was great. Another great food conversation in the books. Um, is there going to be a badass cookery book too? There is. Um, I have all of the content uh, finished for book two. I got all the, the photos done. Uh, and so this time around, I am shopping publishers. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna wait. Uh, no ETA. So stay tuned. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, for everyone listening, that you ha- if you have not gotten his book yet, go check it out. The link will be attached to this episode. And uh, Kevin, we'll talk to you very soon. It's a pleasure. Eat well. Yes, you too. All right, everyone, stay tuned. We'll, we'll wrap up, and uh, we'll be right back. So there you have it, folks. Go check out Kevin. Go check out his book. And go check out his page on Instagram if you want some amazing food content. Speaking of amazing food content, how'd you like that for a non sequitur? Uh, Yours truly is breaking into the food content game. Slowly but surely, after a long time of just taking in food content and enjoying the likes of Stefan Johnson, Mr. Chime Time, Club Dirty for Drinks, uh, Eat, Drink, and Be Mandy, How Kev Eats, those are just some of my favorites. Also paired with the loving of the uh, Gone But Not Forgotten Pantry Boys podcast, probably my first foray into food content, uh, which also, by the way, that podcast made this episode and the one last year even possible, I've decided to dip my toe into the food content game. If you've been following my Instagram for any stretch of time, you know that there was a time where I would do weekly food polls, and it started with just like, who has the best french fries, and then it went through sandwiches, restaurants, so on and so forth. So... There's that. And you also may know that the first idea I ever had for 10-8 was to do restaurant and travel guides geared towards cops. So they know where to eat when they visit wherever. Shout out to my guy Miko and his wife in Georgia who took me for a walking tour of their city and pointed all the, out all the great food options. Well, 
All that being said, I am finally trying it out. I'm going to do it myself. The page itself will be up on March 1st, and the first content will be out on April 1st. Now, first thing I want to say is that making food content is a hell of a lot more time-consuming than making memes. So, I need you guys to be patient, but I also need you guys to support me. Because I will try to make as much as I can before the, the page comes out, but... Just realize that once that well's dry, it's going to take me a minute to make some stuff. So I really need you guys to um, bear with me, support me, and I guarantee you guys will enjoy. So far, I have made a bunch of cooking tutorials. I've also had a few snack reviews, which I've kind of teased here and there on uh, on my Instagram. And I'm also going to be sampling some area restaurants that um, I've curated from my Instagram following and as well as my own personal knowledge. So um, don't expect anything that's like five star or anything too crazy. I'm gearing it towards cops, stuff they can do on duty, places they can go on duty, and then just some cool snacks and some food content in between that as well. I really think you guys are going to enjoy it all. Uh, you know, I've kind of been gauging how you guys would take if I tried out food content. And I think... You know, the loyal, you guys, I think the loyal ones are really going to dig it and the ones that are kind of on the fence. This is going to be a nice change from the mental health content, from the police content. This is going to be something totally different and uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Really, I really hope so. Uh, 10-8 Fitness kind of disappeared because I, I just can't get it. So <laughs> uh, 10-8 Eats is going to be where we are. So be on the lookout for that. I'm excited. I'm having fun putting the stuff together, and it's only going to be getting more and more so. So coming to Instagram soon, 10.8 Eats, check it out. But in the meantime, be sure to continue to help me grow this page, the 10.8 Memes page, and all the content there. Share, share, this, uh, share the podcast with all your friends, and you know, keep growing us that way. Next week, my guest is a former law enforcement officer from the great state of New Jersey. His name is Nick Rochetti. He shares a story about how the darkest of his days brought him to a bright future. And I can't wait to share this one to you. It's one of the most poignant episodes that I've done. Uh, I really felt like I was talking to myself most of the night. And that's not a that's not a slight. I mean, like, he and I, right in the same wavelength, you're really going to dig this one. Until next time, friends, check out the merch store. New stuff is always being added. Share this episode with your friends. Rate, review, subscribe where applicable. Your boy about to go have some birthday cake. Take care of each other and stay safe. 10-8, out. <laughs>